It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. And normally I would go on some line about we're the only Baltimore podcast to whatever. But I just want to get this on the record before we start. The Exit 52 podcast is not leaving Baltimore. We are not. We are not. That is a statement from us, co-signed by Banks, co-signed by RDT. We are not, we're going nowhere. The rumors were swirling. There was a lot of discussion, a lot going on in the media, a lot of things that we had nothing to do with. This podcast was, is this podcast not leaving. Not leaving. Was it was it your brother lobbying accusations? Uh, neither neither of my brothers were lobbying accusations. They're big supporters of the Exit Fifty Two podcast. Um, what but about what about your mother? Well, you know she's in she's in full control of the Exit Fifty Two <laughs> podcast. She wanted you to do uh, what's no. best for your family. Yeah, she wants me to do what's best for me, as does my father. And um, the 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 rumor that I that was going around was your father, who's been besmirched at times on this podcast. That could be him that was coming for us. Uh, doubtful, sir. <laughs> I don't. I mean, he's a huge fan. I just didn't know if he if he wanted you know wanted revenge of any kind. But we are not moving. I mean, I'll, I will allow him to defend himself. Um, but I'm going to imagine he'll, he'll say something along the lines of don't besmirch my good name <laughs> with such we nonsense. Not. We will not in this context. We will not in this context. Uh, there's a lot for Jimbo, to, though. There's a lot to get to on this podcast. Um, Lamar Jackson and minicamp or not, you know, mandatory minicamp. Um, we just had an Adley Rushman home run a couple of hours ago. Um, Eric is very excited about. But let's get into this this. Orioles situation. I think this is the place that clearly we have to start at. So uh, it's this is an interesting situation because if you haven't read all of these things, there's a lot getting thrown around. I guess the the basic point that got Baltimore people very upset, potentially upset out of all this family drama is the potential that the Orioles could move knowingly to Nashville. So let's just break this down real quick. I'm going to try to do like a 90 second to two minute breakdown of this, and then we'll get into it. So if people haven't read everything, this is kind of like a cliff notes. Okay. So obviously Peter Angelos owner of the Orioles since 1993 bought the team for $173 million. At that point, the record price for any sports team, his ownership has had highs, you know, the nineties, some success. He was like very beloved as like a, uh, on the player side of the, the strike, blah, 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 blah. Since I would say the turn of this century, that has all been downhill other than some obvious, you know, the, the glory years of some of the mid last decade. Uh, he has two brothers, uh, Lou and John, John sons. 54, excuse, son, sorry, sons, John 54, uh, Lou 52. Um, and his wife is Georgia. Okay. So Peter Angelos, a couple of years ago, suffers a health scare. Um, the family kind of swoops in, um, to sort of, you know, take, he establishes a trust to control the family assets. Obviously, Peter Angel's making his money uh, being a lawyer. Um, John ends up sort of essentially, you know, taking control of the team, quote unquote. He is the team's control person. So Major League Baseball recognizes him as the like controlling individual of this team. The lawsuit that just broke essentially alleges on from Lou's side that John took control of the team against his father's wishes and manip has manipulated his mother since to get control of it, um, to sort of do whatever he wants in terms of hirings and firings and team dealings and things like that with an eventual 
mission to either sell the team to whoever or move it to Nashville. Now, why Nashville is thrown into this equation is John Angelos's wife, her career is in sort of like country music record sales. So she ha- they have a home in Nashville. So that makes that sort of more plausible. I guess, according to the suit, Georgia thought it was in the best, the trust's best interest to sell the team and that John has said he is doing so, but has misled her, her efforts to sell. That's what's alleged in this lawsuit. Um, the lawsuit also talks about the fact that John Angelos, I think this is pretty known, wasn't really involved with the team until all of this Peter Angelos health scare. He like kind of came back as the prodigal son to kind of take control of the team. Um, and I guess, you know, Dan Conley was saying in the commentary on the athletic that like, I guess, you know, the thought was that like Lou was doing the law practice stuff. John Angelos was controlling the baseball team. So there's a lot of other stuff involved here, including like him apparently forcing out Brady Anderson um, from the front office. There's an apparent, um, conflict of interest where, uh, an Angelos family lawyer has kind of been turned against, um, you know, the other, you know, Lou and the other, some of the other people in the, in the family, um, because of, you know, John Angelos and the team promoting his daughter's country music career, which is a very wild aspect to this story that you can go and read. Um, since this came out, there have been statements from both, uh, John Angelos and Georgia, um, Peter Angelos's wife, essentially saying the team is never leaving. You know, these are John's statement doesn't really address actually a lot of the lawsuit. It's mostly just like they're never leaving Camden yards. George is a little more like I'm from here. I grew up around here. The team's not leaving, blah, 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 blah. So this was not, not only a Baltimore story. This was everywhere. Um, when it initially broke, it was, it was on the front page of ESPN for like two days on like the headline section, which you don't see for a lot of Orioles. Um, Orioles content over the past few years, obviously. Um, This also comes at a time where, you know, as we talked about, I think a month or so ago, maybe two months ago, um, the city, you know, they agreed on the, you know, billion dollars of investment into the stadium and the Orioles have not, the the Orioles original lease of the stadium was set to expire in 2021. They have a two-year extension through 2023. They can make a one-time five-year extension by February 1st, 2023. So as you've tweeted, RDT, essentially this is about whether this lease gets signed. Like once that lease is signed, like this team is locked in here. Mm -hmm. What's what? This is a super fascinating story and kind of brings all of these, like, could the Orioles potentially move what is going on with the Angeloses? kind of rumors and hearsay and, you know, lack of knowledge over the past, what you would say, maybe since like the health scare in like 2017, 18, it's been very unclear who is running the team. What is going on? Is there a potential they could move? Blah, blah, blah. This has kind of brought all that back in what seems like a pretty epic family squabble um, that probably involves a lot of other things, including financial assets on their law side and blah, 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 blah. So with yeah, that I mean- said, this is where we are. It's super interesting. And this is probably not going away for a while. My guess is it'll go away either when they sign the lease, sell the team, whatever. People are talking about it as like a sign and trade, like they sign a lease for Camden Yards and then they turn around and sell the team. And I know banks will probably get into, because uh, you've talked about it before, the tax stuff, I guess, if, is it if, when Peter Angelos died, if, not if if he dies, he's going to die eventually, like we all will. Not to get dark on anyone. Wow, <laughs> um, he will die. He will. Okay, source confirms uh, he will die there. But you know, there's a lot of tax stuff there. I know, but um, yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it's 
It was national news. I didn't think it was much of anything because again, it's kind of like, yeah, around Baltimore, this is known. The brothers are kind of arguing. Um, the thing that really, like, I was getting texts from friends being like, the Orioles are moving to Nashville. And I was like, no. Like, obviously, that was a big, that was the big takeaway from the Baltimore Banner article, which they came out fucking flying. And good for them. I mean, this was a great piece mm-hmm. of, I sure. mean, this, it, incredible you know, one to sit on and yeah, I, debut with. Talk about, you know, it must be tough to follow up that story as your second one, you know, <laughs> right in your second one. But here's the line from the lawsuit where it alleges that John Angelos, quote, intends to maintain absolute control over the Orioles to manage, to sell, or if he chooses to move to Tennessee, where he has a home and where his wife's career is headquartered. It's not that there's been no, the only connection between the Orioles and Nashville is John Angelos. Just because he would have control of the team doesn't, A, number one, it doesn't mean they're automatically, they were going to move to Nashville. Like, do you know how hard it is to move a team? Do you guys know before before the, the the Nats moved from the Expos? So before the Expos moved from Montreal to DC, do you know the last team to move? Not an expansion team, like a new team, a team picked up and moved. Expos to DC. Well, he said before that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, um, it may have been. I, the I, was, I was reading and not listening. It was the Senators to, the, to, I believe, Texas to become the Rangers. And that was like 55 years before that. All involves D.C. <laughs> Shocker. They've lost a ton of teams. But that's the thing. People are like, you know. So, it, so is Baltimore. Well, yeah. But, you know. But, like, he, you know where else he can move the team? To Mars, to Japan, to Hawaii. Like, that. that's the thing. It's like there's no – people are just like, he could move it to Nashville because his wife lives there. By the way, his wife is best friends with Bill Cowher's wife. And they do country music in Nashville together. Swear to God. The country music. Dave McKenna on Defector did like an entire story that was just like surround, all about the country music uh, part of it, which you should read. It's very, very funny. It's, it is definitely like they're, the Orioles randomly starting all these like country music acts in the summer concert series makes so much yeah. more sense. Yeah, if that's you know 100%, that's 100% <laughs> it's so it funny. It's 100% what it is. But no, I mean, it, it, it Obviously, it's going to get news. It's going to get headlines. Um, and I get to me, this just seems like brothers bickering, and like it, that's what it is. And again, it's a lot of people were saying like you know Lou maybe felt disrespected, and he said you know or he wanted X, and John wasn't going to give it to him, so he said you know what I'm going to take it. I'm going to I'm going to sue you, and here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to tell everyone in the world that you want to move the team to ball to, to Nashville because guess what? Now everyone hates John Angelos, and everyone is on Lou's side. And I, I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard anything about them. I've heard Lou has found himself in some some late nights in Baltimore where if his name wasn't Lou Angelos, he'd be he'd be locked up for some stuff. It's he doesn't seem like the like the allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. He doesn't seem like a, a shiny clean choir boy. We'll say that. But it does seem like he's his mom's favorite son because she came out and, you know, kind of took his... You mean John Angelos. So you were talking about John then in that context, if he's a mother's favorite son. Well, who did she come out... What Didn't didn't she come out against, like, how he's not going to move the team or anything? Like, we wanted here? That's what I'm... Yeah, that, yeah, she came out in support of John Angelos. I think you might have flipped the names there. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think I think I did then. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it's... I don't know. I mean, it was a whole... It's been a whole week of, like, you know can't believe they're going to move the Nashville. And th- there's just so much that goes into it. Again, like we talked, like you said, 
they the, the state just granted what 1.2 billion dollars you would think if they're like sitting at the conference table like hey guys you know we're gonna we're gonna raise this money we're gonna you know give you 600 million you 600 million you're not going anywhere right like no we're gonna stay there's no there's no way they could do that the mlb again it's impossible to move a team there's two or three teams already that mlb would want to move before they took a team out of baltimore voluntarily like it's not going to happen. It's just like you have to think with it because people are like, you can't just believe, you know, Ursa said the same thing. And I get it, but that <clears throat> times are different. Like th- this is, again, it's a state of the art ballpark that they just, and again, I, I said they, they spent a million dollars to move the wall back. A million dollars is nothing. It's nothing to them. But I, I know for a fact, like they're doing more renovations. The upper deck is going to get renovated. They're going to put party decks up there. There's going to be a sports book in Dempsey's. Like they're doing all this stuff. The plans are in place. They're not just gonna have money dedicated to that and then just out of nowhere be like, oh yeah, never mind. They're you know they're gonna move to Nashville. I I, I like I I don't think there is ever a chance that the team is gonna pick up and move to Nashville. I I, I can't see it. I don't I don't see it happening. No, no matter what the banner writes in that article or what people think because of Angelos's wife wants to be a you know Dolly Parton. I I don't I I don't see it happening. I also don't think Nashville can support a baseball team downtown. Like it would have to be like, like in Atlanta where again, that, that's a whole nother story, but they have the sounds and that their name, the sounds, I think the, the minor league team, they have sure. a minor league team down there that does awesome attendance. My buddy worked for them. He was like, there's no infrastructure here to put the team somewhere like the, it wouldn't work. So I don't know. I, I, that's why to me, I was downplaying everything. Like this isn't going to happen. I'm not afraid. I'm not upset. I'm not scared. I think it was very obvious that nothing was ever going to happen. And again, it would calm a lot of people's nerves if they did sign the lease, sign a 30 year lease and shut everyone up. That would, that would put this whole thing to bed because again, people aren't going to believe it until there's pen to paper. And you know, again, who knows when that'll get done. I would love for something to get done soon. So let's hope, let's hope that, these these memos that people are complaining about now too. People are like, do a press conference, do this. It's like you don't need to. Just I'm fine with a memo. Release it at six thirty, like you did the other morning. That was kind of bizarre. That was like the Adley thing, where they just released the press the press release at six thirty in the morning from John Angelus. But yeah, it's to me, it's a whole bunch of nothing. I think it's brothers fighting about you know, it's two guys who were born with a silver spoon, and it's it's an episode of Succession. That's all. I have, yeah, time, I, I, I heard something like that. Yeah, it's just yeah. Entitled kids is bickering and thinking that they're next in line, and uh, Mama putting her foot down, showing that she's the boss. I don't know. It's we're not like you said. It's such a drastic thing to pick up a team and move it. It's just it just was never going to happen, especially with this ballpark the way that it is. It's such an asset. Um, and they wouldn't have invested the million dollars they just did into it if they were just going to pick up and leave, even though, like you said, a million dollars is a drop in the bucket and the scheme of things. Like, they're not going anywhere. Come on, let's just cut the shit. Yeah, I think this is this is more interesting off of the team-moving stuff, which I think is definitely a publicity play in that lawsuit, like, for sure. That's a great fear tactic to – and this is – I think we should all say, like, I don't – really care about either of these guys in terms of like being on one of their sides. Like I don't care. So just putting that out before we get into this in even more. Um, I think that the more interesting part of this is like, you have to think major league baseball at this point is like, 
this team's got to get sold. Like we have had enough of the Masson thing. We've had enough of, you know, this being a story. We've had enough of a franchise that has, you know, a crown jewel ballpark and, you know, at time at, at a time thrived with a really passionate fan base in a city that has a lot of baseball history um, and has clearly supported this team. Like if you're Rob Manfred and you're the people at Major League Baseball, you have got to be absolutely done with everything involving the Angeles family. You got to be like, we got to get this team out of here. Now, what will be interesting to see if depending on where this goes, I think the most interesting part of this, depending on this, where this goes, does Major League Baseball swoop in and say, look, like. We're not getting this asset, our asset, an asset worth the Orioles. I know they went, they were the only major league club that went down in value. They are worth $1.37 billion. They have a giant situation with Masson that affects another franchise that major league baseball is involved in. Do, do at some point they come in and be like, okay, look, like we've got buyers. And the rumor's always been that there are like buyers, multiple groups like lined up ready to do this, like ready to get in and buy this team with whatever symbolic ownership group you want, but like money involved. And this is a, say what you want about baseball. This is still a super valuable asset. Any professional sports team right now is just rising in value. Um, so you can still get on it now. And I know this one briefly declined, but all every single other major league club went up. Um, the other part about this is that the Angelos family continues to own the team. And assets involving them are included in this lawsuit. Does that tie up the Orioles from actually spending money? A team that has just been thrifty for years and seemingly has had, you know, we talked about last year, you know, in terms of not only their free agency, but in terms of how they've, you know, treated the broadcast network and all these different things. Like, did they have money to spend? Like this could potentially limit their money to spend depending on how things goes, which could affect the product on the field. But right now, it seems like despite the fact this is going on, the product that's going on in the organization from the baseball side continues to move on without a hitch. You know, like this hasn't seemingly affected any part of the organization from that perspective. And as long as it doesn't, and as long as this team stays here, which I think you guys both laid out, is, you know, a 99% possibility based on what's going on. There would be much more, I think, public, you know, rumors and thoughts from a major league baseball side. That's like, look, major league baseball wants the team out of there. That's, that's the thing that's never been said. Like once you start hearing that, then you have a serious problem. If you're a city trying to keep a team. But at this point, I think as long as the on field product stays the same way and the team ends up signing a lease, I think at this point we've just come to a head, which is what everybody's wanted for 25 years, that this family has got to sell this team. And you hope that that this, either forces that to happen through whatever channel or, you know, cause this is a money squad. I mean, what it comes down to, and I move it on to one of you guys, this is a money thing. I mean, these two guys have a lot of money at stake with their father's fortune. And one of them wants to be in control. And clearly they're not neither, you know, Lou Angelos is not very happy with his level of control of where the family fortune is going. And this is where they've gone with it. And that's going to, you know, that's for the, that family to figure out with, hundreds of millions of dollars, but um, I found this fascinating and, you know, the on-field's product getting better. So I guess if you're an Orioles fan, you're like, I guess John Angelos isn't doing that bad of a job considering he's kind of letting Michael Elias do his thing. But, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, I don't know a lot of the internal workings of the Orioles, so it's very hard to comment on from that perspective. But I found it fascinating as like you episode of secession is a very good way to put it. It's a family squabble over a lot of money. It, yeah, I mean, it's it's the two brothers fighting over the Xbox and the dad coming down. Well, the, I guess the mom in this case and, you know, being like, hey, 
if you guys can't agree to this and you can't figure it out, neither of you guys are going to play with it. And maybe that is what MLB has to do. I, again, I still think that, I mean, talking about stepping in and forcing them to sell, I can't see them doing that over like, you know, with something like the, like the, um, athletics where it's like hey they're playing in a decrepit stadium with 5,000 fans every night yeah or like the NBA with Donald Sterling where there was like a clear black mark on the league's publicity but like like I said real quick like if you're major league baseball this is like a you're a couple of strikes in now because they must hate Mm -hmm. the massive thing the massive thing is got to be super they're involved blah 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 and this is just another thing that it's like oh what's going on with the Baltimore Orioles just another piece of bad PR you know not a step in chance yet, but you're like moving towards a place where like they're going to throw up their hands and be like, what is going on? Yeah. I mean, a- absolutely. And again, that can't be fun to deal with um, on a day to day basis. Again, worrying about the mass and thing and, and all this stuff. Um, I mean, it, it'll, it will be interesting to see because again, like you talked about earlier, MLB a couple years ago when Peter was, it was very clear that he was sick and obviously he was still quote unquote the owner. MLB kind of stepped in and was like, listen, you guys have to appoint someone or like, we will, you know, like tell us who's in charge here. We don't know who's in charge because it's obviously not Peter. Um, and again, that's when they kind of stepped up and, and John, John took that role. Um, I mean, again, it's again, I, I haven't seen it, but your succession analogy makes a lot of sense. And it's, it is kind of creepy now that I turn on the Dodgers game and Brady Anderson is sitting right behind home plate, just chiseled jaw sideburns, fucking, looking like a 12 out of 10 right now. Yeah, so I guess it's like in the lawsuit to speak on the Brady Anderson thing that John Angels ordered Mike Elias to fire Brady Anderson because he saw Brady Anderson as a threat. The Who threat. knows? That's that's something that's alleged. Well, I remember um, there were rumors of like the players feeling uncomfortable because he was technically in the front office and he had a locker in the clubhouse. So the, the players would be down in the locker room doing guys being guys, you know, talking about whatever they talk about, doing whatever they do. And then a member of the front office comes in and, you know, he's working out and he's changing with them with changing with them and stuff like that. And I think it made some of the guys uncomfortable because they kind of thought like this guy's kind of, you know, he's going to take whatever we say and bring it upstairs to, you know, what if they say something about the owners or they say something about something, you know, that's going to go right upstairs because Brady was good friends with them. So I, I don't know if there was any truth to that, but, you know, it seemed like they, they got him out of there very quick. Um, it was bizarre when that happened, but um, yeah, I, I, again, just a bizarre thing. And like you said, I think if they, if this was in 2018 and they had just traded Adam and they, or, you know, they had let, they traded Manny and Gosman and, and all those guys and let them, let them go and done and did the rebuild. I think the heat would have been turned up a little more. Now, again, you can turn around and say, well, again, they've got pieces, you know, they're playing very well and they're competitive. So there's no real reason to move them. That's that. That's what I think. I I mean, it, yeah. I'm tr- I'm I'm looking through my notes here to see if there's anything else I missed. I I this the the note that he bought when he bought the team at 173 million dollars. I must have forgotten this that at that point it was the record price for any sports team ever sold. Pretty fascinating. The Chris Davis on. contract. Yeah, but now it's gone up to a 1.375 billion dollars. What a purchase what did the- by. Peter and what did the Broncos? What did the Broncos just sell for? Like four billion or something? Insane. I mean, sports franchises—that's a whole longer discussion you could do in terms of like all the things going on um, in the, with valuations and all that stuff. Um, 
I love, I do love that the, the banner has Louis, Louis Angeles, 52 of Baltimore County. And then John 54 of Nashville. <laughs> Great stuff. By, by the way, I told you, cause I only, I only knew that, that his wife um, and Cowher's wife were friends was because when I went to the, um, the, like the, the, the night before the Billy Joel concert a couple years ago, they had like an event in the warehouse and it was like the music in Baltimore. And it was put on by the, by John Angelos and his wife. And they just had all these country music singers be there. And they're like, oh, here's Bill Cowher's wife. I was like, what the fuck is Bill Cowher's wife doing in the warehouse right now? Like, it was it was very strange, but that's the only reason I know. So, yeah. And again, when you put those when you connect those dots, you're like, yep, I, I get it. It makes sense. But do you like the suit claiming that John met unilaterally with former Dodgers general manager Ned Coletti while general manager Dan Duquette was still within the team? That probably happened. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. Was that in the banner article? That's in the banner article. Yeah. Oh, I must have missed that. Yep. Yep. He then unilaterally hired a chief operating officer, John Vidalin. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong, who left eight months. There's, I mean, if you want to read this whole thing, go to the Baltimore Banner, read the article. The Athletic has a pretty good like summation without the gory details to kind of get into it. Um, but all in all, I think that um, I think that this is just sort of coming to a head. I think this is a big story here, obviously, because it's the Orioles, but also just because you know, I think there has been a, like a lack of knowledge other than, you know, as you said, you know, if you kind of know the right people and talk to the right people, you get the information, but in terms of a public display of what's been going on with this family, this is like, we have come to a head now and it will be interesting to see over the next, you know, 18 months, two years, whatever, um, where this goes. Uh, it really would be, I think it will be a celebrated day in Baltimore if this team turns over ownership just because of the stress level involved with rooting for a team right now owned by the Angelos family. Um, I, I, and- I think you're right. And again, I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it when it happens, but like people like to clown on Angelos and, and the family and all that. They did a lot of good stuff for not, a, not just the city, but again, I mean the team. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the other, sorry. That's the other interesting part is like, in terms of the state funding, and I don't know anything, so this is just me like talking. But like Peter Angelos has had a you know what almost fifty year run or 45, mm-hmm. 40 year run in this city of doing like you know representing the worker. Obviously, made a lot of money on it, but like has such an interesting legacy as like you know when you talk to people high up in the Orioles organization, you know. And they, they're right about this. Like they have done a ton in the community. Like they really have. And none of that stuff gets talked about because people mm-hmm. get so obsessed with the not spending on free agents years. and all those different things. But um, it's, it's just a super interesting, complicated legacy of him, not just as a figure that owns a sports team, but also a guy that has been a major, major figure in this area for a long time. And I think his sons are con- and his wife, obviously – are continuing to be major figures in this area. And, you know, you don't own a sports team and bring in all these investors and work with all these people without, you know, creating really good relationships and all these different things. So I, that's obviously, you know, we can only comment on that with so much depth, but it's fascinating. It's the, the Peter Angelos, like team owning Angelos family team owning of the Orioles, like family legacy in the city is a super interesting, like obituary whenever that gets written. Cause I don't know enough about it to really like give a ton of context to it. I wish I did, but I don't. I was going to say like when eventually I think a, a long form piece will come out and, and, and it will be very interesting and it'll be just, I, I think a very fascinating piece on him and his life. And again, like what he means to Baltimore. And it's like, 
the people now, obviously a lot of people don't remember the nineties. Um, a lot of listeners, a lot of readers, stuff like that. They don't remember the nineties in baseball and what it was like here. And obviously I don't remember anything before 94, but you know, again, talking with my dad and other people who have been around, it's like, they, you know, he did a lot of good. There has been a lot of bad, but he's, he's also done a lot of good again, not just for the team, the city, you know, pretty, pretty much everything around here. So again, that's a, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, for sure. And I think like the, I remember I one time interviewed for a communication shop for the world. So I think this was six years ago or five years ago. So I think it's safe for me to comment at this point. And I remember like talking to people in the organization, the one thing they always like, they were sort of like frustrated by was that like, they're like, look, we do so many things within this community and everyone just gets it, which, you know, it's sports team fans. So like, you can only get so mad. I mean, we at Maryland, people get frustrated about us. We do a lot of good stuff in the community. Um, and I was, and they had like a lot, it was like a, a lot of pride in those things. And I like respected that, like, you know, pride in their ability to like make a difference in the community that maybe just a lot of people didn't see. And like, that's just kind of how it goes. Um, so yeah, as you said, that's going to be a very, very interesting. Um, it'll be very, very interesting to see like where, where we go uh, from here. All right. So with that down, I, and look, if, 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 you know, I'm sure news on this will sort of continue to come out. So I'm sure this is not the last time we'll talk about it, but definitely a very interesting story that came out. And um, obviously um, we'll determine some of the Orioles future. So it's not um, going anywhere, but the team is not going anywhere. I think that's pretty safe to say um, in any other week, Lamar Jackson reporting to Ravens camp would have been the story. So we'll get to that. And then we'll, we'll talk about Adderley before we head into the draft. We'll, we'll bounce Orioles to Ravens back to Orioles. Uh, Lamar Jackson is in Baltimore. He showed up on time. Uh, no controversy. Some nice videos. The Ravens showcased them. Uh, the Ravens seem to have really no um, interesting opt-outs or, you know, people not attending. There's really no controversy. We've gone, you know, a two or three day span of Ravens guys being there with, except for this weird Derek Wolf situation with no real um, Ravens controversy. So I see Lamar back in purple. I don't even think the Derek Wolf situation is a situation, but people talked about it on Twitter. Derek Wolf, was, your... Derek Wolf is like written off at this point. Sorry, did we team me up? No, you gonna team me no, up there? That was a team. No, that was yeah. A team I mean, Derek, Derek Wolf is is one of those guys where, with everything that had happened for over a year now, you just pretty much wrote him off. Like you just anything we get from him is gravy at this point. And um, yeah, it, very strange. And a lot of people are hammering him on Twitter, and understandably so. I mean, if you're carrying a 300 pound bear over your back on social media. And then two weeks later, you have a hip surgery, um, second hip surgery. It's going to bring up a lot of questions. And uh, some people went after his wife or something, which is not okay. Um, but they reach a settlement. Presumably they save some money on the cap they move on. And that's the end of Derek Wolf era in Baltimore. Now there is one I don't know if it's a holdout or what the situation is, but Michael Pierce did not show to, to these mini camps. And um, when you double that with the Derek Wolf situation, um, an already borderline um, short staffed, I don't know what the right word is. I'm, I'm blanking here on the defensive line brings up some issues. I'm hearing that the defensive line might be more, of weakness than we'd like it to be. So I, I don't know if we go and take this Derek Wolf um, departure and go out and get another body. 
um, or what, but I, I, from the one thing that I'm hearing in terms of negatives at camp so far is that the defensive line might not be as uh, put together as we'd like it to be at this point. Um, but on the other hand, Lamar Jackson's there. He's throwing footballs. He's throwing spirals. Uh, all's well in the Lamar Jackson world. So um, ESPN is going to have a tough time uh, filling airtime this week, to say the least. RDT, any thoughts on Lamar Jackson's return to Baltimore? <laughs> um, what did he say in that video? I hope you, I hope you ready because I is. I thought that was. Oh funny. come on! No, no, I liked it. I, I, I like, I, I do like Lamar a lot. I think he's very, again, obviously on the outside looking in, um, not even close to a Ravens fan, as people will point out. But I, I he cracked. Yeah, me God forbid you, co- God forbid you're on this show. I, that's my favorite criticism I, we get. Why do you even have him on the show? Um. I know. I, th- I think he's great. Like I, anytime I see him in a video where he's talking, cause he always holds the phone up at like at such a weird angle. I think it's great. Um, and shout out to him for giving uh, Kodak black, like a $40,000 four wheeler or something for his birthday. That's exactly what Kodak black needs. So yeah, Lamar's back. He's ready. I hope, uh, you know, he is. And the Derek Wolf stuff was very, that Tony Jefferson tweet was hilarious. That was a very, that was like an objectively funny tweet. I liked Harbaugh announcing that they're releasing him and reaching an injury settlement with them and just said, that will be it with that. <laughs> That's a great I think quote. that kind of tells you what you need. That's to- like John Harbaugh's like, get out of here we're done we're done with you that's a that's a spot where again if, if it was a like a good turn you know harbaugh would have said oh he's such a hard worker we loved him you know he had such an effect on the the defensive line room and blah 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 yeah it's a shame he couldn't get back to full yeah, health you but. know and you know we'd love to have him back as you know maybe as an instructor next year and instead this one is just like yeah we're, we're done here that that's he could have just you know we're done here that's all so i guess real shame shout out to Garrett, Derek, Derek, Wolf, Garrett Wolf, whatever his name is. Derek Wolf. I just He's remember my, my lasting Wolf. image of him was, again, this is going to love, people are going to love this. After Derek Henry ran for that touchdown in overtime and the camera just flashed to Wolf on his hands and knees, like prying himself off the ground. That's just like, that's just the, that's what I think about when I see him. Yeah, Banks, you're talking about the depth of the defensive line in terms of Wolf not being available. Pierce dealing with, I guess, a personal matter is what was said. Um, could be, you know, early times for for Travis Jones, third round pick out of UConn. He he and he may have to contribute right. early, and you may have to get a little bit of an elevated play from uh, Mr. Broderick Washington. Who I think is a guy that you know has flashed a little bit of potential. But you know, if those two guys could be consistent as younger players. That allows that unit to have a little bit more depth, but you would think Pierce will be back, um, obviously. So, yeah, I he was know never what... known to be a guy who would just not show to something like that. So immediately when I heard that, I was like, "That's weird." Hope I hope everything's okay, and I I hope so. I mean, it's that's the case. So. I, one of the interesting things is like, you know, we're not at these practices, so you're just taking what you're seeing from the media. You know, there's been some nice Rashad Bateman, Lamar Jackson um, plays that have been reported. Um, uh, Marlon Humphrey had the quote, having number eight back, everything is elevated, which, you know, seems like uh, everyone's happy to have him there. Obviously he has not talked to the media yet. I believe he talks Thursday we're recording on Wednesday night I believe he talks Thursday 
Um, he did not talk on Tuesday when reporters were there. So we'll see what Lamar has to say um, when he does talk to the media. Um, and it sounds like some of the, you know, some of the rookie guys are impressing um, Kyle Hamilton and, and the like. So that's good stuff to hear. And they're playing seven on seven and, you know, whatever. I, I that there's only so much you can say about OTAs. If people are, if everyone's showing up, that's what you want in OTAs. Yeah, Good. and you want the content. The content's there. People are going to be throwing the spirals. content, and you, want no and, you want, and you want no, no injuries. And you want no injuries. Yeah, no news is good news in OTAs. I mean, there's the good news is that Tavon Young can't get hurt for the Ravens if he's not on the Ravens. So there's that. Yeah, this is, we're, we're coming on a two-year streak now of no Tavon Young injuries at any Trem- camps. It's a tremendous point. It's an absolutely tremendous point. Um. I guess, you know, this is sort of the start of like roster competition season to a certain extent. So like who's going to be the third, fourth running back, who's going to kind of be with Bateman as the number two and number three receiver, number three tight end, some of the offensive line um, questions of, of where guys are going to fit in there kind of all starts right now. So that will kind of, you know, some of the news coming out of that will lead into uh, the training camp battle stuff. Um so that's, that's the Ravens front. Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. All is good. Uh, speaking of all is good, Adley Rushman, Eric. Bomb squad. 103 miles an hour off the bat, 411 feet. First home run. First RBI, too. Funny that Kyle Stowers had an RBI before Adley did. Um, guys, two for four tonight with a double and the home run. Like I said, um, three hit game on Saturday, I think. So again, I mean, he's, he's, we said it the whole time. He's, he's just murdering the ball. He is obliterating the ball. It just is going right at people. Um, Seems like he's, I don't know if he's getting more comfortable now, but some of those hits are starting to fall. Again, the three hit game on Saturday was awesome. Followed that up with like an O for four, but again, it happens. Um, And then the home run tonight was, was cool to see. They got in the ball and all that. So. Maybe now the monkey's off his back and he starts going on a run. But um, you know, again, it's it's all it's good to see Adley come up and and do well. Well, not do well. He's he's doing all right. Um, Stowers came up. He you know he had his first hit in RBI the other night. So again, these young guys are coming up and producing and they're playing well. And I think the Orioles have graduated from a bad team to a I think they're a mediocre team now. I think now they're I think they're five hundred in the month of June. You're giving that as an official designation. Yeah, you yeah, have gone. You have moved fully to mediocre team. We're congrat. Yeah, we're out. Of, we're out of the back. Wow. Bat. I think hang we that are tell, tell the Angelos family to hang that banner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let MLB know that. But yeah, they definitely yeah. won't Sheesh. step in. Um, but no, I think they're. I, I think they're thirteen and thirteen. In their last twenty six games too. So again, it's like they're 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 playing consistent ball. It's you know it's five hundred ball um, over the last twenty six or whatever. So, but yeah, the the um. The, the Adley home run was cool to see. That was awesome. And seeing Trey be the one to put the uh, home run chain on him, that was that was awesome, too. I think it has to be Trey. It was always Trey. The leader, do not trade him, Michael Elias. Don't trade him. Don't I do did it. see, I think Heyman put out an article that he said he could see the Mets trading for him. Oh, I, my God. Believe me, believe me. I do not want to see Trey traded. Uh, you know that. You uh, There's no bone in my body. But... If he were to get traded and it would be to the Mets, that would be – I mean, that's the best-case scenario. Yeah, I guess you're true with Buck, yeah. I mean, if he goes with Buck and say they – they if they – if 
if they win a world, if the the Mets win a World Series by beating the Yankees in the World Series with Trey on the team, that would be unbelievable. That would be so much fun. But again, we don't want that. I want him here. <laughs> did did Heyman? Did he was he originally on the Mets beat or something? He's kind of New York based, I believe. Yeah. I feel like him and the Mets, like he's just always talking about the Mets. Nothing but the Mets. Mm -hmm. Love the Mets. Yeah, he, cause he, I think he's like the, I think he lists himself as like the baseball insider for WFAN, or at least he used to. Yeah. No, I think he's on New York Times now or New York Post. New York Post. Yeah. I think so. Cause he tweeted that that. like, he tweeted that like last, like a like last month or two months ago, like breaking news. John Heyman signed three year deal with New York Post. Like source me. Oh yeah, baseball comics, New York Post, Insider MLB Network, um, Northwestern fan. Oh lord, yeah, I went he probably went there for college, you know. Yeah, Medell, Medal, whatever, whatever. Unaccredited, right? Not, not doing. Yeah, whatever. I, the, yeah, we get all Merrill's <laughs> made. What whatever the journalism school people want to do, it's fine with me. I wasn't a journalism student in Maryland, so neither was Banks. Couple non-journo guys. What was your major? Mine. Yeah. Accounting and supply chain management. Not a double degree. Two different degrees. Not a degree with both of them on there. So no big deal. 150 credits. Yeah, I I just got over the line on history. Took me an extra semester. So Mm. school. Mm. Didn't enjoy school by the end. Uh, Orioles really didn't play school. Didn't come here to play school. Uh, Cardell Jones made a joke about that, by the way, yesterday, because there was like a contra- – I don't know if you guys saw this, like the controversy with Marcus Freeman, new head coach at Notre Dame, like, you know, accusing Ohio State, I guess, of having like low admission standards. And Cardell Jones is like, yeah, they go to school, everybody except me or something like that. Pretty funny. He's going to live off that joke. He's going to be yeah, selling good for him until he's 85 years old. He should be. If he's not selling T-shirts, by the way, he should be. Remember when I beat that kid by 68 in Madden? Yeah. Stuff like that. Like, God, he was so good in the Big Ten title game. Um, <laughs> it's an old Orioles ass kicking. <laughs> Orioles, it really is. It really is. Orioles are five and five in their last 10. The legitimate definition of mediocre. We I guess should do definition starting of five of ass kickings. That's Ooh. that might be in there. Well, like, that is an absolute they can't be just like David beating up on or Goliath just. Oh, no, that's David. why that one's amazing. It needs to be like big time game and one team just drops an egg and the other team just smokes the other. The, the, the There's a lot the of Mav- Big Ten championship games. That the fit Mavs that. and the Suns mm-hmm. from a couple years ago is a great example, or a couple of weeks ago is a great example where the Mavs yes. just dropped that like 40-piece win on the Suns. Yeah. Chris, yep. Chris Paul. Chris Paul, by the way. Tough. Ooh, some Mike Trout vibes with that guy right now right write that one down Uh-oh. somewhere the, the starting five of ass kickings starting five of ass kickings uh by the way enjoyed mike trout's mic'd up yeah great by the way um <laughs> if you're writing it down write this one down too shout out to ben garanzik starting five of fake tough guys i think we've never like that never we have discussed that we just have never done enough research to do that on the fly because i think that would be a good one draymond has got me fired up for that so Oh, Draymond. Yeah. Draymond played pretty well the other night. Yeah. Is Draymond back? No. The tweet from his mom, by the way, was hilarious. I don't know why everyone was upset about that. I think she yeah, was just trying to be funny. Was, she had to, like, apologize. Funny. It was funny. That was good. People get way too sensitive. Like, let Draymond and his mom do whatever they want. I did that. He's, like, a seems like a pretty, like, you know. He's going to be Barkley. He's, he's going to be Barkley. I mean, he's going to be great on TV. Yeah. yeah. He's gonna, he already is on TV. He's already goes on Turner all the time. Yeah. He was on TNT. Yeah, he's going to be tremendous. 
Him and put him and Pat Beverly on the same set. That could oh, be fun. No, no. You're out on Pat Bev. I hate Pat Bev. <laughs> we'll talk. We about might have to do a starting team off. He's on my first team off fake tough guys. Okay. Lance we- Stevenson. Yes, yes. 100%. Ah, born, born ready. ready. Born ready. <laughs> Got toured around the Under Armour facility. Ah, God, th- that was an amazing recruiting saga. I was furious <sighs> when he didn't come to Maryland. I like legitimately. I think I threw my laptop when he when he committed Cincinnati. Born ready. Him and James Padgett. Is Such BFF. a good nickname, by the way. <laughs> when we did the nick, did we do the nickname draft? Born ready. Yeah. I should have picked. That's so good. Born ready. Ah. Uh. He was, in fact, by the way, you talked about him, you know, Trey getting traded to the Mets to beat the Yankees in the World Series. The Yankees are, I I mentioned this every week, just continue to roll. They are 46 and 16. I was going to make them one of my honorable mentions this week because I love what they're doing right now because they're going to fall so hard. They are flying way too close to the sun right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to enjoy October. So much when they lose in another AOS. The Mets are 41 and 23. It's actually amazing. There's not been more like ba- this, the capital of the baseball world is New York, right? Stories. I can't believe I haven't seen more of those. Maybe I'm just missing them. They're good. You have no comment. No, I, as, I, nas- with- as a national baseball personality. No, I, I mean, I'm with Brian. I tell my dad, my dad every day is like, Yankees, Yankees playing well. Judge is the best player in baseball. And I go, yep, they're for sure not peaking too early. Not, not a chance. They'll definitely be able to hold this up for another hundred, you know, hundred games or whatever. So this never holds up ever. The Blue Jays ever. are thirty-seven and twenty-five and nine games out of first. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, That's the tough. AL East is a bloodbath. Yeah, it's incredible. If the if the Orioles played in the AL Central, they may be ten games above five hundred. Yeah, the Yankees at forty-six and sixteen. The Blue Jays at thirty-seven and twenty-five. The Rays thirty-five and twenty-seven. The Red Sox have obviously come on here. They're 34 and 29, and the Orioles are 27 and 37. 27 and 37 in that division. That's I'll take it. I'll By take the way, it. last year, so what are the Orioles are 27 and 30? 20, 37. They're 10 games. Last under. year, last year they were 27 and 57. So again, it's like 20 game improvement. <laughs> progress being made. There's progress being made. That's definitely progress. Look, if they finished. I can't do the quick math. What would be 10 games under with 162 games? Uh, was it 71 wins? Some Whatever it is. I think they were on they were on pace for, for 68 wins like two days ago. 71. It would be 71 and 81. I yeah. would take 71 no, and 81. No, 71 and 91. Sorry, 71 and 91. I see. That's why dyslexia. Not dyslexia. Product to that, but <laughs> uh, 71 and 91. I would take. I would take 71 and 91. I'd I'd sign roll for that in heartbeat. And 91. God, God forbid they win more, win 75 games, 75 games. They might raise a banner. I'd have a parade. I I would too. Johnny to have a parade at Jimmy's. That would be real progress. Um, There's already stuff in the works for when a lease is signed too, by the way. So more on that later. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, that's some, that's a tease. That's an absolute tease. All right, we've been talking drafts. So let's get to the starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Fed Thrill is where you should get all of your sunglasses. And you can do so by using the promo code X52 to get 20% off. Um, Banks is sitting recording at the beach. I'm sure he's going to be throwing his Fed Thrilly sunglasses on at some point while he's at the beach. I am going to make an effort to play 36 holes while live blogging the U.S. Open tomorrow. And I'm going to be wearing my sunglasses while I'm doing it. <laughs> 
So we'll see how that goes. Stay tuned for the taste. Stay tuned to this space for more on that endeavor tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, not all heroes wear capes. Thank you for thank me for my service, et cetera, et cetera. So Nick Caner Medley, a man with three names, a man that retired from basketball, a man with the namesake of a segment on this show, now retired after a 16-year professional career. So it got us thinking, best three-named people. This was originally just going to be athletes. It's now been expanded to everybody. Best three-named people. First of all, shout out to Nick Caner Medley. What a career. We love him. We applaud him. We appreciate him. The man from Maine. Remarkable for it to have gone as long as it did. He's from Maryland and nobody can beat him. So uh, people forget that. And apparently a very good guy. I can't say I've ever met him in my Maryland um, comings and goings, but uh, I've heard that he is a very nice guy. So in honor of Nick Hanner Medley, we are doing best three name people. (laughs) RDT has the first pick. I have the second pick. Banks, you have the third pick. So RDT, this could go a lot of different places. RDT, you uh, have the first pick and um, you are now on the clock. I thought I did have the first pick, and I'm really happy that I did. And I have to take this name. It's John David Booty. It's John a great David name. Booty. It's a great Hi name. Hi, my board. Hi, my board. Yeah, I, I had to do it. Um, don't care about him. You know, it's he, yeah, he went to USC. I mean, he was he was like an all-time name guy there. Um, it, this literally has nothing to do with his football playing career. It's just the name, John David. He Rudy. was he was pretty good at USC. He was good, yeah. I mean, he was definitely good. But again, if his name is John Adams, it's like you you don't know that he's. I mean, probably not going to USC with that. Now, name, but now let's be clear: in the era of USC quarterbacks, there he's kind of on the bottom half. Oh, oh yeah, yeah decade for sure. or so of quarterbacks that came through there. For so sure. in some ways, he was kind of not that great. You could make I would I would have taken him in. I would have taken him in red, white, black, and gold. Sure. You would take you would have taken him over Jordan Steffi? Maybe not Chris Turner, but definitely Jordan <laughs> Steffi. What what we need to maybe do not Sam Holland back. We can should we do, do a, a Maryland starting quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Pencil that, that one. Like, we can do that in a couple months. All right. Yeah. J, uh, JDB. Uh, I like that pick. He was he was uh I think should have been high on everyone's board. Uh I don't know if you guys will have this guy on your board, but I think when he gets taken, I think he's just a great three-name guy. Um, and he's a three-name guy that like was very memorable, I think, because of his three names and what he did. I'm taking Apollo Anton Ono. Ooh, okay. Subway. It's a good pick. Yeah. It's a damn good pick. Yeah, Apollo Anton Ono, speed skating, a menace of a menace to the country of South Korea. Um, and a guy that, you know, like whenever you think winter Olympics, I think in the last 25 years, if you're talking to someone on the street and you're like, can you name some winter Olympic athletes? I think he is in the top five for sure. hundred percent. Very. It's like, he's probably behind Sean white. He's probably behind maybe Lindsey Vaughn. And then I think he's definitely in the discussion. He could, he could easily be second. He could easily be first. Tara Lipinski, maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, I would have Tara Lipinski out of my range. I think I would say. Since 2000, so since the 2002 Winter Games when Apollo Antonio debuted, Michelle Kwan, yeah, we should do an did we do a Winter Olympian draft? We may have, he may have gotten picked, yeah, I believe we did. Um, Banks, you got too. picked for something. Um, I love this guy. I only put together athletes, um, just as an FYI, so um, okay, I, all athletes off the board so far, 
I am going to open things up with this is a, a name meets quality type of pick. He has to go quickly. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, all-time mm. player, maybe the best player in NBA history. Maybe I think I I'm I think shocked it goes that he Jordan tossed around more. Kareem, and then probably like probably Wilt, you know. Yeah, probably, you probably Magic, Larry. They're probably in there. Tim yeah, Duncan. Jesus, I, maybe you, Steph Curry making a case. Yeah, he's Steph Curry. He's the best shooter. He's the best shooter in NBA he history. He is the, the best shooter. Bob Cousy, I think, if you were talking, yeah, about Matt I played Russo. against Milkman. Jerry West. I feel like doesn't. He's the, you know, literally the, just logo. Think he's the logo. Jerry West won he's one and logo. nine in the finals. He's the logo of the Bill league. Russell. Bill Russell you know, won like all championships. There's not an NBA without George Mikan. Great layup, great lay. Uh, that layup drill is awesome. Tracy McGrady scored like thirty points in seventeen <laughs> seconds one time. Yeah, I think sick. he's in there. Twenty-five straight. Sick. Hell, Reggie Vince Miller Carter stuck his arm in the rim. So did Torrey Smith. I saw that video the other day. Have you ever well, seen that video? He might be up there too. If yeah. Torrey was a two-sport athlete, he could hoop. Right, he could right, hoop. I get it. Go did on. we miss anybody? Do you think we missed anybody? Nope. nope. Keep going. Okay. Good. Good pick. Yeah, I like Kareem, and he's he he was he's an actor. He's an airplane. He was. He was in Dave. Fair quality. Um, he was in. He was in D two the Mighty Dogs. <laughs> one of the great. What a all, scene! One oh, of what a tremendous in, montage! One of the great scenes was. in all of movie history. You want to talk about a cash grab? It seems like Kareem is in on some cash grab. Who is uh, uh, oh, Christy Yamaguchi? Yeah, Christy. Christy. Yeah. <laughs> Christy I was looking for the name. He beat me to it. Oh man! Was um, Luke Robitaille in that scene? I, I think he was. I think everybody, anybody who was an LA hockey player at that point in time. Um, next pick. I'm just gonna take him. I'm taking Nick Kenner Medley. Have to do it. Sure. Namesake for our segment. Um, all-time Terp, four-year starter, Mr. Maine, Nick Kenner Medley. Who does her great career? He were he was 22, correct? Um, correct. <laughs> Greg Luganis, the other Olympian <laughs> in the scene. Uh, yeah, I mean, Nick Kinder Medley, Nick Kinder Medley started, you know, was the fresh one freshman that started throughout that post national title team season. That was a good team. Drew Nicholas, Steve Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Calvin McCall initially started at the beginning of the year, and then Kinder Medley, I think, got his minutes. Um, Taj Holden, Ryan Randall. That team went to the Sweet 16. Probably could have, you know, lost to David West. Probably could have made it a little farther. Lost to, no, didn't lose. Sorry, beat David West. Lost to Michigan, Michigan State. State. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Blake sorry. got Blake got blocked by the rim like yep. late in the game, and I just remember yeah, that was tough. lost a lost a crazy ACC Big Ten Challenge um, national title rematch at Conseco Fieldhouse, the then Conseco Fieldhouse, now Gainbridge Fieldhouse, or whatever, um, where Blake had like a, a buzzer beater called off by an official. Yeah. And that was the official that yeah, was Gary. at the table. Gary yelled at him and said, review that or whatever. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. Good pick. Nick Cameron really was fun to watch left-handed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I am going to take, thank God. There's just, I have so many things on my board here. Um, I'm going to have a million honorable mentions, but let me take, I think this guy is just known for two names. So I'm going to stick with like the known for two names. I'm taking the law firm. I'm taking Ben Jarvis green Ellis high on my list too. Yep. I'm taking Ben mm-hmm. Jarvis green Ellis. Mm-hmm. fun, fun. I, I think everyone had him on their fantasy team at some point. And there's a, like a special spot in everybody's heart for like that. Everyone picked him up on waivers at some point in fantasy football guys. 
Um, and Ben Jarvis Greenalis is certainly one of those guys. Uh, the law firm, great nickname. Another guy, he might have gotten taken in the nickname draft. I have to go back and look, but I'm taking Ben Jarvis Greenalis. High on my list, high on my board. He's um, on my board as well. I didn't know if this guy would come back around to me, and I'm so happy he did. And again, I am going. I think banks banks may know where I'm going. Strictly name only. We're taking Jim Bob Cooter. Mm. Oh, not on my board, but a good pick. Oh, I mean, it's a very good pick. I'm just going names. Jim Bob Cooter. There, there are many names out there better. I think he is currently. Let me look this up. The uh, passing co- game coordinator for the Jaguars. Offensive coordinator for the Lions from 2015 to 2018, and then a running back coach for the Jets. You can't name three worse franchises in the last 15 years of football than those three. So Jim Bob has uh, left his mark on uh, on the football uh, world, I guess. So, yep, give me – we're taking Jim Bob Cooter there. Like that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then – Hmm. I I am gonna go again. I'll just stick strictly name. Haha, Clinton Dix. I will always laugh. I will. That is my promise to you. I will laugh anytime someone says Haha, Clinton Dix. <laughs> just every every dad. Uh, it's Monica Lewinsky's favorite player. Ha <laughs> ha. It's just it's classic. Oh my god! You've never heard that. I have, but it's just so stupid. What a bad joke. True. Mm. I figured as like a, a West Wing guy, you would like get some political. Comments. No, I do. I like. I took. Yeah, I took a po- political thing last week. I took. I took Gore Bush. So I'm. I'm in there. I've been rewatching season two of the <laughs> West took, Wing. Yeah, you this took week. Trump. You took the the forty five too. I, oh my god! Well, I. I. I mean, that's clearly the number one pick. We had to take that off the board. Uh, <laughs> Oh my God! The, the stuff coming out about that this week—we don't need to get into that. I mean, what? I mean, what? What was that? What was? What was forty-five doing? <laughs> you can say that for a lot of things. I was going to say uh, the story of the last. Nah, we're, we're yeah, not go there. yeah. Um, I got to get a Maryland guy on my team, so I'm going Darius Hayward Bay. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Baltimore guy went to McDonough. Um, fast as hell. Got taken too high. His his career's gets hurt because the Raiders just straight up took him too high. Uh, but like a f- under four, three guy and the, my, the double touchdowns in the first quarter against Miami will always be remembered. Just an amazing mm-hmm. moment. He was awesome. He was very fun to watch and seems like a very good guy as well. So he also, um, he came out at the, he was, he was popular at the exact right time because of hurricane Chris and a Bay Bay. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. That's, wow, that's a, yeah. That's the perfect storm. Not not again. That's another dad joke. Hurricane Chris. Huh. Um. That's. I mean, it was perfect. You could not have scripted that any better. Um. The um. I also love that Darius Hayward Bay stuck around the league as like a glorified special teamer and like fifth receiver and just did his job like good for you former first round pick didn't care kept playing could have easily mm-hmm. just hung it up and been like this wasn't what i wanted good for him banks i am gonna take two running backs back to back here wow i cannot believe that maurice jones drew lasts as long as he did mm, he's just yeah. like when you think about hyphenated names big time football players and absolute fantasy football behemoth 
Maurice Jones Drew comes to mind for sure. MJD carried a team for a while there. Um, yeah, he's just an all-time three-name guy. All-time old football clip, too, of him leveling Sean Merriman, picking up mm-hmm. that blitz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our apologies mm-hmm. to Maryland's finest, Sean Merriman. <laughs> and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it back to the late 90s here with a little Chris Fuamatu Ma'afala. <laughs> That's the one you were talking about, right? I don't know how to spell that. You're going to say that. I knew you'd have trouble with that one. Yeah, I'm going to just not write that. Is that three names? It's a hyphen in there. Okay. Umatu. I'm fine with Afala. Afala. Ma Afala. Okay. Yeah. Allow it. Yeah. This is one where I feel I wish it was going seven rounds. Yeah, I think this could go on for. I could go on forever. We could go. We could. I don't know if I can go nine, but I can go seven. Um, I could probably go. I mean, we could keep going. I'm just we'll see when we get to keep the end going, of the draft. Keep going, keep going. Um, I am going to oh, – do I want to dip into the non-sports here? Do I want to break that? Do I want to break that? Yeah, I am. I'm taking Jamie Lynn Spears. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm taking Jamie Lynn Spears. Shout we were on the same day I was. Zoe 101, what a great show. That what is my exact show. birthday twin. Uh, I thought you were part of the Free Britney movement. Ooh, ooh, ooh. One of the all-time theme songs. Now, I will say Victoria Justice was my girl in, in Zoe 101, but Jamie Lynn Spears also had a little bit of a crush on her as well. <laughs> Doesn't seem like she's doing great now from any perspective, but um, Jamie Lynn Spears, iconic, iconic. <laughs> RDT. Um. You I, know I got to get celebrities in there. Come on. This is my I, brand. I know. I absolutely. Um, um, bu- bu- bum. Give me. Let's see if this one passes. Andre the Giant. Yay? Nay? No. Nope. No? Okay. Next. <laughs> no. Okay. No, no fucking chance. <laughs> All right. Next one. Meta World Peace. Fine with that. Fine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I had Andre the Giant literally down as a no on my list. I was not letting that get. Okay, that get that's fine. But I'm fine with Metal World Peace. All right, we'll go Metal World Peace. He was on my board. He was a, a he was a good basketball player. Um, f- funny guy. Not the guy you want to mess with. And then he went and changed his name, and we all laughed a lot. We thought that was very funny. Metal World Peace. Um, and then my last one. Maybe the last one. We could keep going. Um, give me, I'm going to take, and I, I don't even know. I forget where this guy is. I think Alabama, Lil Jordan Humphrey. Well, Texas, Texas. Is he Texas? Is that a three name? I don't know. It was, it was, there was an apostrophe. It was Texas. And I think maybe Atlanta. No. If not, I, I'm fine if you don't want to. No, no, I guess Lil Jordan Humphrey, sure. Yeah, I just think of like Lil Romeo and don't think of that as two names. I think of that yeah. as one name, Lil Bow Wow. Well, Lil Bow Wow could be three. Um, <laughs> He's on the I'm Patriots. Fine. Lil now. Jordan Humphrey, let's do it. Or the Saints. It says he's on both teams. I don't know. Yeah, I went to Texas. When I when he I looked when I looked, last year, yeah. When I looked it up, he was in. He I think it was like one of those recruiting vi- pictures, and he was in Alabama. Um, just a funny name. 
Lil Jordan. That's it. It's a great nothing, name. Nothing else to it. That's it, and that's all. Oh, man. What do I want to end with? Uh, bu- 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 let me go through. I need to do a better job like ranking these as opposed to just writing them all down and then deciding on my board in the middle of the draft. It's probably not like the best way to do this. Um, I'm taking Martin Luther King. <laughs> Give me MLK. Okay. Yeah. I thought you Maybe said the- Mark. I thought you said Mark at first and I was like, who? I don't March. think I need I don't think I need to go in the details of Mr. King's accomplishments. I think those are pretty well known. Guy's an absolute legend. Um, he, was, he was assassinated I, on my birthday. And oh, I mean, come on. <laughs> you ended up in Spears. And I would say, and I was what a double note that I just took two people associated with your birthday. Uh and I would say maybe would I would would you say maybe the most famous three named person of all time? He, he kind of dunked on Martin Luther. I mean, basically erased that. Oh, just took him to the cleaners. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. took him to it's the cleaners. It's kind of incredible. <laughs> said, hey, Martin Luther, just absolutely get out of out of history. I'm the king. He said, I am hey, the captain now. Hey, watch this. Yeah. He, yeah. Hey, yeah. I mean, Martin Luther is one of the most influential humans of all time. And Huge. he just absolutely whitewashed. Yeah. Yeah. He's no top, pun intended. Top, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, the Protestant Reformation. I mean, Lutheranism is literally a, a sect of Christianity. And Martin Luther King was like, nah, man, I'm going to like totally change. You even, I just searched Martin Luther and pictures of Martin Luther King comes up. I mean, absolutely take a seat, Martin Luther. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Getty images of Martin Luther Ger- aren't exactly German, bountiful. Ger- German. <laughs> <laughs> German guy. Not the first time America just dominated Germany. Absolutely take a seat. <laughs> take a seat. Spouse, Katharina von Bora. Sorry about it. <laughs> Sorry about it. Had a lot of kids. Sibling, Jacob Luther. Not as good of a name as Martin Luther. No. Yeah. Martin Luther King. Ledge. Yeah. As uh, his is uh, obviously the day that honors him. Uh, sometimes I was on my birthday. So. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah. MLK, inspiration, obviously. <laughs> final pick in the board. Well, maybe the final pick. Thanks. Burakovsky just scored an overtime winning goal. Wow. Yeah. Mm. How about that? Glad he waited Good for that for- Martin Luther King talk to be over. Good for Respectful. him. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty sweet. Um, man, bunch of names I can go with here. Are we going to keep going or what? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go another round or two if you want. Yeah, I, I say we go one more round and then we'll do and then we'll do honorable mentions. I am gonna I'm gonna take Michael Van one. Oh, great pick! Wait, yeah. is the van? Ooh, I don't know about this though. I think it's separate. Oh, this mm-hmm. is this is what you were talking about. This, this is, what is exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, this is so coming interesting. off a big week, huge week for him, Premier League champion. Sixth time. Oh, I don't. Is the, oh my gosh, I don't know what I don't. This is like the Tony Romo. Ooh, I don't okay. know. Oh, okay, this is, okay. This is okay. So here's what here. I'm gonna say. You guys can. You guys, I'm interested to hear your takes. This is a legitimate question. No shtick here. 
at the top of his Wikipedia, it says in this Dutch name, the surname is Van Gerwen, not Gerwen. In that definition, I think this is two names, not three. No hyphen, and Van Gerwen is the surname. So it's like, look, I'm gonna be fine if I can't take him. I, I kind of just want to at least. Want him, I kind of want him to be in the draft because I love him. We brought him up. He's been discussed. Ah, fuck it. Put him in there. I yeah, I'm right, fine with all it. All right. Yeah. Well, I, well, I'm taking Michael Van Gerwen. So yeah, that. great, great pick. Go search him on YouTube if you don't know who he is. By the way, if you listen to this podcast, you don't know who Michael Van Gerwen is. At this point, you don't listen to this podcast. Um, that's not a call out to anybody, but it is. Uh, are we giving you two then? I, that that's how it would work. Would would it not? Well, then we're going to have to come back around tw- the snake again, right? If, if you want. No, but I'm saying if you're going to get – because this would be your sixth pick. Oh, yeah, I guess we would. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm just not uh, understanding snake I almost snake took this name here, um, but I'm going to take it now just based – because it's all about name here. I couldn't tell you the first thing about this guy. I can't remember anything he did that was related to his play whatsoever, but I'm taking Pops Menza Bonds here. Mm, wow. Great. George Washington's finest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He played in the he league played, a little he, bit, didn't he? Is he still like a front office guy somewhere? He was, he was like a GM of like one of the G League teams, I think. And they were talking about him as like a, like a front office, you know, GM job for the NBA for a while. Couldn't tell you. I just hey, he has a sweet name, Pops Menzabonzo. Awesome. Yeah, name. good name, great name. Um. This is so tough. I don't know if I want to go with na- – I'll go with I'll go with quality of name. I'm taking Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Ooh. Mm, KCP. I love the name Contavious. I might name my son Contavious. <laughs> you won't. I probably won't, but I do appreciate Mrs. Caldwell-Pope naming her son Contavious because it's a tremendous name. RDT. I will go – with a guy, a hometown legend, someone that everyone in this industry looks up to. Some would say it, he's a he's a Maryland guy. I'm talking about Jason Locke. No, 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 no. Oh my gosh. Oh my lord. It's disgusting. Uh, Bank, That's Banks horrible. actually. I can't. Me. I can't believe you mentioned him. That's so bad. Banks tipped me off to this one. I thought you were going to take him back to back. Scott Van Pelt. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I was thinking about does sports. That, I guess I have to like, give it to you if I gave Michael Van Gerwen. And now we're in the vans. Now we have to stop yeah. this. <laughs> the second I heard van, I was like, I'm getting Van Pelt. Yeah. 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 That also I, shows you I never even considered that. I do have Bo Van Pelt on my board. He's last on my board. Wow, Bo planning. Van Pelt. <laughs> wow. All right. What a draft. RDT takes John David Booty. Um, Jim Bob Cooter, ha ha Clinton Dix <laughs> could be four names. Um, Meta World Peace, Lil Jordan Humphrey, and Scott Van Pelt. I took Apollo Anton Ono, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, Darius Hayward Bay, Jamie Lynn Spears, Martin Luther King, and Contavious Caldwell Pope. <laughs> what a final couple of picks! Um, Banks of Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Nick Caner, Medley. Maurice Jones drew Chris. Ooh, uh, I erased, I erased it off my board. Fuamatu Maafala. 
Thank you. Yep. Um, Michael Ben Gerwin and Pops Mensabansu. Here are my plethora of, of <laughs> honorable mentions. And you guys can stop on any you think are interesting. Neil Patrick Harris. Okay. Julia, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Oh, of course. The yep. legend himself, Chad Michael Murray from One Tree Hill. <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt. Chad yeah. Michael Murray fell off the map. Yeah. Uh, he was just mm-hmm. in, he just was in Riverdale a couple of years ago. But yeah, I don't know. He, he's, he's in some, yeah, he's not well, in a lot. He didn't, think, well, he didn't think this is how his life would turn out, I think. No, I he think was he trending hard. I mean, he was on a potentially a Gosling trajectory there. And then good looking yeah. guy. Yeah, he was. He's not bad in One Tree Hill. Um, Joseph was, Gordon-Levitt. Okay. Mm, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. James yeah. Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. Had him. I call this historical row. John Quincy Adams, Alexander Graham Bell, George You're Washington. We're gonna pick Carver, these guys. George Washington Carver and Francis Scott Key. I almost took Francis Scott Key. That one. Okay. Yeah, you were never gonna you, pick John Quincy Adams, though. Oh, I have a little respect for, <laughs> for JQA. Have when a little when bit were of, you gonna little, pick him? Is he the friend. one who has a grandson still alive or something? <laughs> yeah, something, yeah, 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 something really. Or is weird. that John Tyler? Oh, I don't know. By the way, have a little respect for guys like George Washington Carver and Alexander Graham. Yeah. Like, you just I, scoffed. I, you have no peanut butter is all time. I, I, I love Joe, peanut butter as much as the next guy. Go look at your photo of Jim Bob Cooter, take an absolute seat. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Jean over over fucking Billy Jean King, Billy Ray boy. Cyrus, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Mary Kate Olson, mm. Haley Joel Osmond. Uh, I won the banks for like Jose Maria Olafable. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, we're canceling him. Oh, that's he, right. He'd be oh, the true. biggest live guy going. Yeah, that's true. That's a great point. Uh, Mary Lou Retton, Edgar Allan Poe, <laughs> Jada Pinkett Smith, Billy Bob Thornton, Daniel Day Lewis, Mike's guy. Bryce Dallas Howard, Chloe Grace Moretz, Millie Bobby Brown, a couple of soccer players, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Callum Hudson-Odoi, Carl Anthony Towns, Willie Cauley-Stein, who I almost took, uh, <laughs> Kelly, Ke- Kelly Kapowski, a.k.a. Tiffany yeah, Amber I almost, I almost took her. I almost took her, too. I almost also took Meadow Soprano, a.k.a. Jamie Lynn Sigler. Ooh. Rosie Huntington-Whiteley, who's in Transformers, Sharon Michelle Geller, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. That was... Taylor looks up attractive girls, that little row of people there. Um, and Dominique Rogers Cromarty. <laughs> sure. Are, yeah. Those the are only my... name in that group that I had was Carl Anthony Towns, who was a uh, very proud member of Big More Men B. Any other um, ones from you guys? Defending champions. I mentioned about 40 right there. Uh, I've really only got four left here. Um, I was kind of just writing them as I was going. Sharif Abdur Rahim. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Bo Van Pelt. As I said, <laughs> uh, Siwoo Kim. Sure. Yeah. And uh, Devontae Smith Pelly. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Devontae Smith Pelly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Legend. Uh, what about Sun? Uh, you, would you, which one did you, which uh, Korean golfer did you say? Siwoo Kim. I was going to say Sun JM should also get a mention. Sun JM is two names. That's not hyphenate. What? Sung Jay is one first oh, name. Oh, that's right. I thought it was hyphenate. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Apologies, mm-hmm. Sanjay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I had uh, Doriel Green Beckham. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Awesome in oh, yeah. Madden. Really good. Oh, yeah, I, great in college. Five star oh. recruit. He was a number one prospect. Yeah. Um, World Be Free. Rock Yasin. Hunsu Kim. 
World B for you, the B, I believe, is a initial. It is. is it? Yep. Uh, well, that's why it's an honorable mention. Um, <laughs> there is some uh, South African football player, and I don't know how to pronounce this. Soccer player, sorry, football. Um, two boys, Gumdi, G-U-M-E-D-E. Gumid. Chris Mintz Plast just uh, came across oh, my, yeah. my brain. Uh, yes. Super yeah. bad. McLovin. Yeah. Um, Wei Yin Chen. Michael B. Jordan. Oh, yeah. Michael, Michael B. Jordan. Michael no, B. Jordan. Come on. No way. What do you But even know? though. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So I know Michael J. Fox. No. <laughs> I had Tiffany Amber Thiessen. I had James Earl Jones. <laughs> and Andre the Giant. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had Julia Louis-Dreyfus. John Cougar Mellencamp. And John okay, Marshall. that's a good one. I would have liked John Cougar Mellicamp. That would have been a funny pick. I actually saw him on a website that's like no longer identifies as Cougar. <laughs> oh, that's right. He dropped the Cougar. Yeah. But I would have accepted him as a pick, I think. That's like in uh that's like in what's it called? The office. Um uh what's uh, um, what's her name when she what happened uh when she gets divorced and Michael says, What happened to Gould? Oh yeah, Gould died? Jan Levison Gould. Did, oh, oh Gould. we could have done it. She would have been a good one. Yeah. Wow. Did Gould yeah. die? No, my God. <laughs> the table in the chilies. That was a good one. That was fun. That was an idea that I threw out there not knowing what the reception would be. And you were like, yes. It was an immediate great suggestion. Immediate <laughs> great suggestion. Uh, send in ones we may have missed. I tried to not miss any, but I did. You guys had other ones. Um, so many good ones. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, currently topical because of the Jurassic Park movie. Damn right. Uh, what was your what What's your review of that? I mean, I was going to say that for my Nick Cannon medley. All right, we'll do it because it's time for the Nick Cannon medley, Maryland person of the week. We're going back to back. It was last week. It's this week too. The movie. The movie. I thought it was very good. I thought I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. There are people out there who were like, "The movie sucks because here's the story and 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 the story doesn't make sense." And it's like, yeah, it's the fucking sixth installment of a dinosaur movie. Like, what, what do you expect? Um, I thought it was very good. Again, if you're a Jurassic Park fan, a fan of the franchise, um, you enjoyed it. There was good nostalgia. All the old characters are back. There's a ton of dinosaurs. It is a long movie. Again, I am not a movie person. I hate going to the movies. Um, I spent fucking $50 on food for the movies. That's a, that was a lot, but I did have to get the commemorative uh, Jurassic Park cup and popcorn bowl. So I got those, but yeah, I really, I, I really liked it. I enjoyed it. It was an awesome time. Go dinosaurs. 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, but the, the you could do anything on there. Who cares? Audience score is a 79%, which is. It was, it was 91 earlier when I saw it. It was up Oof, there. That, that may be getting bombed. That stuff gets bombed. Um, Jurassic World Dominion might be a bit of an improvement over its immediate predecessors in some respects, but this franchise has lumbered a long way down from its classic start. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the original Jurassic Park is one of the best movie. It's a top five movie of all time. Amazing it's a movie. Very good movie. So again, it's hard to, you're, you're not going to be able to, to lightning is not going to strike twice. I have not seen the second one. Um, it's not this current trilogy. So I need to see that. And then I will at some point see this movie. I have seen the first of this Jurassic world as Chris Pratt vehicle of three movies, two and a half hours. I'll say that. So strap in, strap in. Um, 
I will be on Sunday seeing Top Gun, which I'm very excited about. Ooh, I've heard great things about that. Too. I, there's not not heard one person say a bad thing about it. I also heard that you have to see it in like the IMAX, but like if you're gonna go see it, like go see it. Like you're gonna go IMAX, to the Science Center, do all that. Uh, I think I'm seeing it. I don't know where I'm seeing it. Towson, maybe with the family for Father's Day. That's what we're gonna do. So. Hmm. My dad loves the original Top Gun movie. So did you did you hear that it's all propaganda? Oh, I saw that today. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> you would you would appreciate it. So it's somebody a uh, what, freedom, like a, a freedom pull, pull. of information act pulled documents and emails showing that the government paid some money in order to have some give and take in terms of what was in the movie and what wasn't. I mean, and some pe- some people are upset. That's fine. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) People got to calm down. Just go have some fun watching a military movie. It doesn't all have to be like the military industrial complex. Like just have, have a little fun. Tom Cruise. Um, I will go. Uh, my Nick Cannon medley Maryland person of the week is not a person. It is a dog. I am the, my black lab. Nell celebrated her 16th birthday yesterday. You don't get a lot of labs to get to 16, baby. Nell keeps trucking along. Oh, so shout out, shout out to the best girl in the world. Nell the dog. Give her a boop for Nell Smythe. I will. I will. Nell, not much of a retriever as a, uh, as a young pup. And I think she just kind of preserved herself. She did a great job not doing anything <laughs> physical, uh, but an, uh, just a great dog. So shout out to Nell. 16 she's years like, old. She's like the, the lady who's turned 104 and they ask her what the secret is. And she's like, no, you just got to drink a couple whiskeys every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Cigarettes and have yeah, scotch. Yeah, yeah. You just yeah, got to gotta lick a couple people, get some table scraps, and just lay right back down, baby. Yeah. That's, that's what Nell does. And bark a lot. So shout out to Nell. Shout Thanks. out to Nell. I kind of like dislike when I tend to do this, and I tend to do this after every like major or whatever. I just take whoever won that given golf tournament. But I really think – Roy McElroy deserves a ton of credit along with Justin Thomas and Tony Finau and everybody involved there for putting on just a tremendous showing at the Canadian open there. Um, in contrast to a rather boring event uh, in London for the live golf premiere. Um, it's such an interesting time in the golf world right now where um, there's just all kinds of battling for leverage and, there's legal disputes and you've got the two mixed together here in Boston, given these, I mean, kind of like dueling press conferences where, I mean, Jesus, the Phil press conference was a shit show. I don't know if you took the time to watch it or you just saw the highlights, but um, not great. Talk, talk about a guy who looked petrified to have to talk about what, you know, taking money from the, the Saudis. Um, it just, the existence of golf in its current form is, is kind of at danger here. And, and Rory has been the poster boy, the biggest advocate for, for the PGA tour and, and keeping things um, the traditions and the way that things are currently. And, and for him to go out and get that win and then dagger Greg Norman in the, <laughs> the post round press conference, absolutely just put him in a absolute bag. chef's kiss. Um I'm excited for the U.S. Open this week just because the two mixed together. It's tremendous drama. You've got groups where guys are mixed together. You've got guys that are soon to be leaving the PGA Tour. You've got guys who 
we probably don't even know about that are going to leave. It wouldn't surprise me if like a Brooks Kepka goes on to leave hell. His brother's on the other tour. Um, uh, Brooks Kepka, by the way, talk about an atrocious press conference. Ooh. There's a lot of different ways to look at that press conference. Uh, I kind of felt him because, I mean, I spent Monday and Tuesday for the most part just blogging live golf. They're just blogging the shit out of it really the past week and a half. And I've started to get a little bit of fatigue of just like the morality conversation that surrounds it. I want it to be about golf because U.S. Open is a tremendous tournament. We're at a course that you they rarely have tournaments at. It's such a historic place, and they haven't had a U.S. Open there since 1988. I kind of vibed with him when he said, like, I'm sick of this. You're putting a black cloud over um, the U.S. Open. There's some truth to that. Um, but also he tends to be a little bit petulant with the media. And so, yeah, I, I just also, thought it was petulant. I, I, that was, it was less about the context of what he content, excuse me, content of what he said and more about the nature. He could have easily like respect me. Like I totally understand why this is being asked. It's the biggest story in the game of golf. I'd also just love to, you know, put some shine on this tournament and the people organizing it in the golf course. He just seemed very, fr- he seemed like a guy that was preparing to leave more than a guy that was yeah. like just upset. Yeah. Which is also Phil getting frustrated about, people asking multiple questions in the same question. He was getting all worked up about that. These guys are on their heels. I, they, they know what they're doing. Um, it's been laid out to them very clearly, especially by Phil Mickelson earlier this year. Um, so I, it's, it's just a crazy, crazy time. I can't remember any sport having this type of thing in my lifetime for sure. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, we're still early in the story. So um, it's fascinating. That's all. I just got to give my kudos to Roy McIlroy for doing what he did last week and what he continues to do for the PGA Tour. When do you think he thought of that line that he was going to say? Like he had that in the back of his mind. Seems for, super premeditated. Yeah, he like he's probably had it for a while and being like probably as soon as they announced they were going to really go through with the live tour. Yeah. He, he's, he's somebody who's very studied up on the history of the game. And I would imagine he knows exactly who he might be tied with, with 21 wins now. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's tied with anyone, I'm not sure, but uh, he, I think he has a very strong understanding where he, he stands his legacy and how it relates to the, the other great players who played the game. Um, so yeah, it, it was premeditated for sure. Mm-hmm. To answer that question, he is now tied with Davis Love the Third, Willie McFarlane, Lanny Watkins, and Craig Wood. Davis Love the Third, would he have counted? No. Okay. With 22, he'll tie Raymond Floyd, Jim Barnes, and Johnny Farrell. Dustin Johnson has 24 wins. The only other active player players above them that could actually win a PGA Tour event are Tiger and Phil above those guys. DJ Sting still plays golf, not winning a PGA Tour event. Surprised he's not over there. Too old. Surprised who isn't over there? DJ. Oh, yeah. No, he yeah, would have been six. He would have been there ten, so quick. Ten years yeah, ago, he would have 100% been, yeah. playing in that event. 100%. But at 60, I don't think they're giving him that kind of money. He made his go play. I'm honestly, for free. I'm honestly made, a little surprised Norman. Them. I'm a little surprised Norman didn't just play the tournament. That picture of yeah, him behind yeah. that journalist was. 
You know what he should have done? He should have taken this like a ceremonial tee shot just to, sh- <laughs> to fuck with Augusta National. <laughs> that would have been really funny, actually. Um, I I didn't know until this week that this this whole thing by Greg Norman is. I mean, I know that he's tried to push this for a couple of years now, but there are articles written in like 1994. He has literally tried to launch this exact thing in 1994. It was called the World Golf Tour. Uh, it was going to be the top 40 golfers. It was going to be higher purses. It was going to be separate from the PGA Tour, but run parallel to it. He And he said he's had this dream, and this is in 1994. He had had that dream envisioned in his head for seven years at that point. So he's been thinking about this alternative golf tour for like 35 years. Like the he mid-80. finally found the right person to bankroll it, and it's – Dirty money. <laughs> so I don't like, I don't know that I disagree whatsoever really with the concept of what he's trying to put together here. Just a, a separate slate of elite tournaments. Conceptually, it's not a bad concept at all. It's just, he's just gone about it in all the wrong ways. And he went about it in all the wrong ways in 1994. It sounded like so. Yeah. I think I said this last week, if you want to get super deep in the weeds on this and you can find podcast and article after podcast and after article talking about this, like there's so much history to it. There's so much like you can go and understand it, but like how the PGA tour is set up as a business, which is like, I don't think people realize like it's, you know, got all these, like, you know, it's, I don't remember what the numbers are in terms of like what it's profiled as, but it's not like a for-profit business. It gives all this money to charity, blah, 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 blah. There's another thing called the premier golf league that would like to partner with the PGA tour to put together things like this. The, the WGSC events were essentially kind of put together because of things that were could potentially break away back in 1984. Like Mm -hmm. those, like the match play and all those events, there's like a thousand things you can jump into on this. And it's just all come to a head because Saudi Arabia, (laughs) The Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund has literal funny money. They can do whatever the hell they want, and they don't care about turning a profit. That's what the the bad take that people don't get is when people are like, "Oh, like it'll just fail because like it won't make any money." Like it doesn't matter if it makes any money. It doesn't matter if it has a TV deal. It none of this matters. The only thing that matters is Saudi Arabia becoming more acceptable to get investment from it, com- companies around the world because they're seen as more acceptable in the international community and they're using sports to do it. That is the thing at play. It does nothing. A lot of it has nothing to do with golf. That's the amazing part of it is like golf is at the center of like this devolving situation, but like Saudi Arabia doesn't give a shit about golf at all. They just Mm -mm. want sports and whatever sport sport or or entertainment. It was just a sport that you could go in and do this. Like, Golf is a sport where you could easily, you know, break up the pot. Pick individuals off one by one. Correct. Correct. It's a sport like tennis, yeah, where you can do something. Yeah, yeah. Golf, golf was the girl at the bar at one thirty when they turn the lights on for last call, and you're like, uh, yeah, her, yeah. So super interesting situation. Any honorable mentions? Uh, Jury duty. Jury duty was fine. I actually blogged a shit ton during jury, jury duty. Would you, what did you um, get for lunch? I actually did move for lunch because I had such a great setup. I found a table in the back of the upstairs room um, that had an outlet right nearby. 
And uh, since I had a table with my laptop out and I was blogging, like I didn't want to give up the spot. So I just, mm-hmm. just stuck there, took my $15. And then within half an hour after lunch being finished, they let everybody go. So just 15 bucks in my pocket. Not bad. Yep. Jerry, I, I don't have anything. And it was my, I'm all Nell the dog all the time in this one. Mm. Oof, oof. By the way, the fourth member of this show continues to be Lil B. I mean, yeah, Lil B is following this podcast around. He's romping around this room right now. He's been, he's been doing a decent job here, keeping it together. Yeah, he has. He has. He knows when the podcasting's going on. I've had the mute button dialed up pretty good, though. I've, I've covered up a couple blemishes. Yeah. And thank you for your service at the beginning. Before we started recording, it did not sound like your internet was going to be this good. And you've, you've gotten through this pretty well. I have shout out to, um, no, actually I'm just not no free ads. Don't shout them out. No, they don't deserve it anyway. They don't deserve it anyway. They don't, they don't because they're the ones providing the other internet anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's a scam. The whole thing is a, the whole thing is a charade. Uh, That's it for this week's episode of the X52 podcast. Interesting, interesting week in Baltimore sports. Interesting, interesting week. It heats up. Um, make sure to follow all of us on social media. You can follow Banks at Barstool Banks. A lot of golf blogging and things this weekend. So if you're if you're following the U.S. Open, um, check out all Banks' content on Barstool. Um, first, uh, on, first, on first million page view month in my career. Wow! Congratulations. Yeah. And there's the Nick Cannon Medley Maryland Person of the Week. Mm-hmm. What's your best? And it's page? it's not even not even half over. What's your best page view month? Uh, are you previous you know? to this? Oh, Eric, Eric sorry. Uh, yours. I mean, what would, what's both of yours? I'm interested. Uh, I, I don't know if Eric has poured over the blog data page much. I'm a big data guy. Eric, so. Eric's a freewheeler. He's just putting blogs out. I put up 991K during the November Masters. And that was my previous record. Uh, no, I mean, I've done. Eric puts up a lot of blogs, so his number is probably higher. I've done a million in a month a couple times. Like, I don't know. It's, I did it in March, April, December. I got 9,999, mm. 911 page. <laughs> wow. Um, November, I was over a million. I, I, I don't know when my highest is. Maybe it looks like March. In the last calendar year, it looks like this March. 1.3. Well, I love the boys go. bringing it. I love the boys bringing in numbers. I love There's, this. We're, yeah. we're, we're, we're churning them out. Yeah, as of now, hold on, the data is who querying. It takes so long. It takes so long to load on the phone. It takes so long to load always. At 1.125 million this month, and it's only half over. Live golf decidedly good for the page views. Good for yeah. page views. Bad it's a for... huge story. It's it's the biggest golf story since anything involving Tiger. Yeah, you. the Phil Mickelson blogs get numbers. Yeah, people love Phil. People love Phil. Phil moves. Let me tell you, I was a content guy. You want to add another honorable mention? Phil's thumbs. I mean, he is giving those things a workout this week. Those oh videos God. have been making me laugh so hard as he's walking. And literally left and right, flashing thumbs everywhere he can. It's the man 
gives more thumbs up than any presidential candidate of all time. It's incredible. Those things are should be getting time and a half this week. Taylor. Oh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll give one quick comment and let you go. College World Series starts yeah, Friday. Good call. Great, good call. great. College baseball is great. It's just great. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, no, th- there's a bunch of fun teams. There's some good matchups in the College World Series. That'll be fun. Um, and we can end on this. Do you have any comment on Mike Trout um, assaulting that umpire last night? Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, I figured that was gonna get asked. I, it is what it is. Like I, I you know, I, I'm not gonna beat a guy when he's down. I, it's tough. I mean, I know the guy's not a bad guy, so I, not his. You know, it is what it is. The the picture of that is one of the freakiest pictures I've ever seen. It's That's very an unbelievable bizarre. picture. The guy's lucky he didn't he didn't get even more hurt. Um, Angels ten games back of first in the West, down four nothing right now in the top of the fifth. Unbelievable. Two and eight in their last ten. Brady. They're about to have a negative run differential. <sighs> Oof. And that's it for this week's episode of the XF2 podcast. Make sure you know that don't follow us on social media. Go click on the on the on the fellas' blogs on Barstool Sports. Great stuff. Good keep doing what you guys are doing. It's a thankless job what you guys do. Um, just keep pumping out content for that blog. Um follow the, the podcast though at X52 on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to follow. And support all of the Exit 52 partners. And we will see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood.